I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to a new episode of Australian Jams. I've given up on telling you what number it is because I always forget to check. Um, I'm Gemma Bassiani and I'm kind of going through the rounds of old pals that I haven't spoken to in a while with these recent episodes, which makes me really happy. Um, today I'm joined by Nick Kelly of all people. Hello. Hello, Gemma. It's so nice to be here. And yeah, it is a very kind of full circle moment. You were one of the one of the many people around in my very early days of writing about music and talking about music in a semi-professional capacity. So it feels very nice and full circle to do this with you. Do you want to know the weird thing that I literally just noticed, even though we've been talking for a little while, mm. is that your headphones are black and your mic is blue. Yeah. And my headphones are blue and my. <gasps> headphones are blue. That's amazing! I I must correct you on the color of the mic sock, though. It is teal. Um, I I'm did sorry. I did steal it from a hit network radio station. Um, if anyone from the hit network radio stations are listening, I didn't steal it from a hit network radio station. But <laughs> yours is more of a sky blue, isn't it? Your headphones. 
They're more of a royal blue. Like royal. Uh, I remember my high school had trademarked the school color. Mm. It was called Loyola Blue. And that they trademarked the my it. Headphones. They trademarked the school color because I went to a private Catholic school. So surprises. That sounds like something a private Catholic school would absolutely do. That is critical stuff for them. You know what else that color reminds me of, actually? Um, It reminds me of Pokemon... Um, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, and there was a um, the big Pokemon, like the 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 most exciting Pokemon you could get in that game was one called I think it was called Kyogre, and it was this blue monster looking thing, and it was the exact color of your headphones there. So you're taking me right back to it's when I was Sapphire makes sense. Sapphire, exactly. It's a it's a royal blue sapphire. Anyway, this is great for audio audio content, isn't it? I will post a photo of my headphones. Yes, <laughs> on the Shirley Gems Instagram for everyone. <laughs> um, back to the topic at hand, uh, Nick. For those who don't know who you are, can yeah. you give us a brief rundown of who you are and what you do? No one knows who I am. I am a. Um, <laughs> I am a. I think I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. Not that many people. Um, but I am a. Don't lie, Nick. I identify these days and I have constant battles within myself as how I identify myself from a professional and a personal perspective. But I identify myself these days as a queer music fan, first and foremost. Music fan first, queer is sort of like second on the rung. And then (laughs) if we have to talk about the professional side, I suppose you could call me a music broadcaster because I sort of talk about music, whether it's on the radio or podcasts or writing or whatever. And an artist manager is my latest feather in my cap. Um, so yeah, they're, they're the kind of things that I do. Yes. I love that you flagged that, um, you don't know how to explain to people what you do because I have been going through that a lot this year as well. You are a slashy, aren't you, Gemma? Yeah. It's just like, I, I just say like, oh yeah, I'm a freelancer. And then they ask what, and you're like, I do this and this and this and this. And they're like, you do so much. It's like, not really. It's just, I'm a freelancer. So (laughs) you have lots of little jobs. Isn't that conversation funny when you, when you tell people the amount of things that you do in a week and they go, how do you ever sleep? And it's like, I slept until nine 30 this morning. It's, (laughs) it's still possible. Yeah. My, I look stage four lockdown is not great. I'll be honest, but lockdown has been kind of normal for me i've just had meetings online instead of in cafes but other than that like (laughs) it's been kind of the same (laughs) the only day i have to wake up on time is on wednesdays when i teach a class but other than that i sleep in and then just work yeah exactly we didn't do anything else anyway where we 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 are associated with the music industry we have deep anxiety disorders that's the only people that (laughs) work in the music industry is depressed people with anxiety disorders so we didn't do anything in the first place couldn't be more accurate about that right now. I saw saw a meme. It was just like, um, what is it? Uh, Something about anxiety and uh, how to know if you've got anxiety or something. And I was just like reading it point by point and I was just like, oh, Oh, high-functioning anxiety was what it was. Mm. And it was like, um, you know, you work to the point of burnout and then you feel unmotivated for a little while. I'm like, yep. (laughs) I was just going through. And it was 2 a.m. as well, and I sent, I, I saved it to my phone. I sent it to Sos, um, who we all know, who's yep. been on the podcast before. I sent it to her at 2 a.m. saying, I feel attacked. <laughs> so the next day, <laughs> next day I got a response. She's just like, Gemma, 2 a.m.? 
Uh, see, it's weird. I, I am a deeply anxious person, but I'm not a night owl at all. And I know most of my fellow anxiety sufferers are night owls and they find it hard to switch off. Whereas I, it's probably due to my alcohol intake partially, but I, <laughs> I've never struggled with getting to sleep. It's more um, during the day and when I'm actually up and about, that's when I struggle with my anxiety the most, which is, is different yeah. to many people. It tends to manifest for lots of people in, in the nighttime when they're laying there with their own thoughts alone for the first time all day. Um, and luckily mine, I don't have uh, that one. Mine is, mine's more getting from my desk to my bed that's the issue. Mm. Do you not have a What's buffer? Do you not have a buffer in between desk time and bedtime? Well, because there's so much football on, I do so much work just from the couch as well. And like, yeah. I have to watch football for work. So no. And like, you can see me, other people can't, but I, my, uh, this is my studio and yep. then you can see my door there. My yep. bedroom door is right next to this one. So like I live in an apartment alone. It's I, like very big. My door <laughs> there. Next yes. to the washing basket. So yeah, it's the same sitch. And I but what I've made a really clear distinction of is at least having a couple of hours out in the lounge room, which is all the way out there, and separating that time. And so the only time that my studio workspace sees me after say about sometimes I work till about eight or nine, but I always make sure I go and watch telly and cook dinner and you know wait there till eleven or 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 even later and then come back in and go through it to bed. So, yeah, I think yeah. that buffer has been really critical for me. Um, but anyway, we don't need to talk about yeah. our anxiety all episode. I mean, I'm sure it'll emerge itself because music is such a powerful healing tool, but we need to talk <laughs> about music, aren't we? Yeah, we've just um, had a nice little catch-up. Um, I'm going to leave all that in. Who cares? Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> you have brought three songs in and they're exactly the kinds of songs I expected you to choose, so I'm excited. Mm -hmm. um, I've also chosen three. Let's get started. Which one would you like to kick us off with? I think I might kick off with the one I've put at the top of the list, which is Ashwarya and Psycho Hole. Excellent. What was it about this song that made you excited to listen to it? I got excited to listen to it in the first place because I saw people banging on about how damn good it was. Um, my friend Grace Medford over in the UK, which is weird because Ashwari is from Melbourne and like is, yeah. you know, Triple J is getting all around her, rightfully so. Um, Hayden Davies from Pile Rats um, wrote about her and was just obsessing over it. Um, Grace Medford, my friend from the UK, at one of those faces on Twitter, you won't regret following her. Um, she <laughs> found it and was like, right, this is the song of the year. This is the oh fuck moment of the. Can I swear on this podcast? Is it a swear yes, podcast? Yes, yes. Um, this is the oh shit, this is incredible moment of the year. It starts off this slow, kind of hip hop y, sort of Billie Eilish esque kind of, um, you know, intricate minimalist production and a sort of whispery voice. And normally I don't like whispery voices. Normally that, that just annoys me. I remember having a conversation once with Asta about like, there's so many damn whispery voices in this country and not enough divas at the moment. But the way that Ash Warrior sings on this song is like it's kind of whispered and, and really delicate, but at the same time, it's got lots of power and attitude and personality in it. And so for the first minute of this song, it's very, like, creepy and weird. I mean, Psycho Hole kind of brings that in straight away. And then all of a sudden it warps into this sort of much faster piano-led kind of R&B pop production, and the hook she sings will be in your head all week. There's something so perfect about it. The video she shot 
she had to learn the song in reverse and walk backwards into a swimming pool and to, to give the effect so that when they reversed it again that she'd become emerging out of the swimming pool and following the the phone everything she has done and this is based on my love of one song i think there's only two songs by her out there at the moment um she has blown me the hell away she's so charismatic i'm just completely obsessed with this new artist and um this song is yeah probably top three of the year for me so far it's a big call. It's funny you mention um, other people talking about it online because I actually came across it when I think Tommy Faith shared it on his Twitter account and I went and listened to it. I was like, yeah, this is sick. And the thing that I love the most about it, I, I love the intro. I think the intro is the beat in the intro is fucking cool. Yeah. But I love how it kind of moves between these two feels for the whole song. So you can't feel like you know what's coming. Yeah. Yeah. You know what's insane about that? I have listened to this song hundreds of times now, yet you know how you get a sense of how a song goes and you kind of know where the verses are, where the choruses are? That's a really good point. Even after hundreds of listens to this song on repeat, I still can't remember when it's going to warp into the faster bit, when it's going to warp back to the, the slow part. It's You're so right. It's so interestingly made and yet so yeah. familiar and enjoyable to listen to at the same time it's not too experimental but it doesn't mm. sound like anything else at the same time do you get the Billie eilish comparison that i've heard of from a few people yeah i think i'm i'm a if you listen to international marmalade the bonus monthly bonus episode of australian gems <laughs> um where we talk about international music um i'm a big fan of Billie eilish not just because she makes makes really fucking great music but she's t showing you that pop music can be done differently. And I think that's what, that's the comparison I make here. Like this is pop music, but it's like a completely different take on pop music, which I think is the most interesting thing is that pop music doesn't have to be traditional song structure and all that sort of stuff, but this yeah. can have really big production and still fit those categories and appeal to those same people. It's almost, um, it's almost an anti-pop sound, isn't it? They're mm. almost doing the things you're not meant to do with pop music. You're not meant to, yes, you can change the key of, of your, the way you sing, but you're generally not meant to change the tempo in a pop song. Yeah. You're meant to keep it driving forward the whole time. And songs like that, and breaking the mold, that's what they're doing. They're breaking the mold, and that's the way to cut through these days, especially as a new artist. People aren't out to hear the same thing over and over again. People want to hear something yeah. they've never heard before, but still with a little bit of a kind of comfort and familiarity to it. And that comes with, you know, interesting melodies and, you know, good singing, I suppose. Yeah, um, good yeah. singing. Completely. Good. It is, generally, <laughs> although Fontaine's DC are showing us at the moment that good singing is not a prerequisite to making one of the best albums of the year. So there you go. And you chose not to cover that one. Look, generally... <laughs> Here's the thing with Fontaine's DC. I won't spend too long on this, but generally music with guitars in is not my thing. Um, but there's something about the energy of Fontaine's DC. I think it's the, the just straight down the line, Dublin, no bullshit energy about them. I kind of like it. There's something really cool. And I don't know. Maybe, that's, maybe this is growing up, Jim. Maybe this is growing up. Maybe it's growing up. I'm glad I only chose one guitar song to talk about. <laughs> oh, today. and don't you worry. When we get to that guitar song, I am fully obsessed with it as well. Okay, good. I'm glad. Um, let's hear a little bit of Ashwarya and we'll be back in a moment. Let you meet, baby. You were so shady. My heart is 
You just heard a bit of Psycho Hole by Ash Warrior. That was Nick's first song, who's here with me today. My first song to talk about. I'm going to go with York's Gravity. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm. Oh, how am I going to phrase this? Um, last year on Australian Jams, I spoke a lot, a lot, a lot about uh, Eilish Gilligan, and that seems like a really weird person to bring up right now. But I spoke about how Eilish was part of this big group of female pop artists in Australia, electronic pop artists in Australia that were kind of growing together and this really big movement of that genre locally that I thought was really impressive and the reasons why Eilish was setting herself apart. York is part of that group as well. And I think as an artist, she's definitely one to be watching for the next few months. Um, This is just a really, really cleverly put together song and it, make sure that it hits on all the things that York is really, really good at and make sure, make sure they're showcased as just also, you know, really fucking catchy. Exactly. I think this levels York up as well. This is a, a li- li- liberosis. I always have to remind myself it's not liberiosis because I see the, I see the name of the EP she put out um, earlier this year and I go, oh yeah, liberiosis. It's about the great country of Liberia. No, liberosis, <laughs> which is, um, fuck, what does it mean again? Um, the desire to, don't worry. Um, is it she put out singing? Hang on. I'm going to, I need to Google it now. Uh, liberosis definition. Cause it's going to do my head in for the rest of the podcast. It is the desire to care less about something. So not wanting to give as much of a shit, which ties back nicely to our anxiety conversation. <laughs> <laughs> when she put that EP out, it was, it, Everything that I like in in pop music, it was really exceptionally written, really nice production, interesting. She's got a really unique voice as well. But this is just the kind of like unabashed, unashamed pop music that I am obsessed with. And I think for it to come from, there's this surge at the moment of artists that live in bloody Byron Bay putting out some of the best pop music of the year. Eves Caritas, Keita Alexander, and now York putting out three of the best pop songs of the year. Um, this feels like a level up, and I, I, I had the privilege of having a chat to her last week about this song and about where she's going with it. And for her, this song is everything she's been working towards for the last three years. This is the this is the moment. The last stuff she loves, and it's very it's still very her, but this is stuff she wrote in 2018. Whereas Gravity is what she feels like right now. Um, and I love that Japanese wallpaper on the production got to work with his idol, um, Chris Waller from Death Cab for Cutie on this. Like, that's just yeah. such an ideal combo. That's massive. Like, Australian artists are being able to tap into some of the, like, most respected, I guess, resources around the world because they're showing how quality they are. Like, yeah. they are. what am I, a lad? But, like... <laughs> You know what I mean? That there's so much more opportunity for artists locally here now because they've actually almost proven themselves like as a group. Yep. It's like as Australian electronic pop artists or as Australian artists, we are actually really fucking good. We've got a really good community here. So 
definitely work with us. And we're seeing that more and more, like um, even what Alice Ivy's been doing with her work. I know there's a few others around that are yet to release stuff that like, I know someone that worked with Banks's producer, like there's so much awesome stuff being able to happen and it's feels much more connected with the world now too. Yeah, absolutely. And I think I've found even in the work that I do the last six months and, and being in quote unquote lockdown, every time I do a podcast and I would say the word lockdown, I have a bit of a crisis because I'm really big on semantics of words and lots of like, like what I'm going through right now is not lockdown. This is just general physical distancing that we're going through at the moment. You're in lockdown. That's a completely yeah. different situation. You can't leave the house. Anyway, I won't get into that conversation again. But in the last, <laughs> since the pandemic started, I have felt, and I don't know about you, but I have felt this real sense of being one with the music community and one with the world a little bit more. We're all in the same boat for the first time ever. This pandemic and what it brings economically, but also from a health perspective, does not discriminate. The health side probably does discriminate more towards older people, but the economic side discriminates towards younger people. And yeah. uh, from that and, and you know, doing Zoom calls all day every day with people from their lounge rooms and you see photos of their family behind them and they're wearing a, you know, snuggly jumper instead of sitting in a corporate office. It's, it's felt like we're more connected and it seems to be the case for the artists that make the music as well, which is a nice thing to say. Yeah, that's a really good point. And it feels kind of nice, like weird, that it, weird, nice, interesting maybe is the better word. Uh, nice and usual, nice. <laughs> the song's called Gravity and everyone's just like coming back down to earth at the moment yeah. as well. So. <laughs> um, let's listen to a bit of Gravity by York and we'll come back. both losing our minds that was a bit of gravity by york nick kelly what is your next song choice i'm gonna bring you one of the most glistening glittery pop bops of the year um full disclosure i am the manager of this artist but it's not like i would manage an artist that i'm not a super fan of in fact i am one of probably one of her biggest fans and that's why i chose to work <laughs> with her um this is jeans she's from melbourne now living in townsville um songwriter extraordinaire she's had cuts with folks like young franco uh kilter will sparks even flexing her edm muscle a little bit um <laughs> but the stuff that ends up on the jeans project is just this beautiful glistening 80s fun you know just soaked in gorgeous sunlight kind of pop bops and this one is called better it's about um it's about you know coming out the other side of a breakup after a couple of songs that kind of were about about a breakup um i just yeah i've, I've found such a, a love for jeans and the way she writes music and the way she writes about herself and expresses herself through music and i think she's you know australia's carly Rae jepsen 
Australia's Kylie Ray Jepsen. I hope you're planning on using that as a tagline on everything you send out from now on. About I it. may have sent a couple of emails with that in the subject line. Uh... Yes. <laughs> Please tell me you send it to Aiden. No, I haven't. I sh- why didn't I do that? I should have yeah. done that. Hello to Aiden. Hey, Aiden. How are you? A- ex ex uh, guest on the on the pod. There you go. Um, most people we talk about have been a guest on the pod, so that's fun too. Um, <laughs> Well, while we're talking about it, can you tell me a little bit about how you got to know Jeans and how you came to work with her? Yeah. So um, when I uh, was about 19, a major record label called EMI Music Australia stupidly offered me my own record label with them um, as a completely uh, clueless 19-year-old that was obsessed with pop music and trying to break artists. And I had such a ball making music with that label and... um, you know, brought a couple of really exciting projects through that, brought Youngblood from the UK and signed him uh, through that imprint um, before he kind of exploded, which was a real exciting one on the board. And one of the artists that we signed, which was my mo- one of my most proud moments, was signing uh, a Melbourne uh, singer-songwriter called Sam Bluer, um, who I had gotten to know just because he wrote bops and he was kind of one of the first artists I was talking to when I decided I wanted to do this side of stuff and about an 18-month process of working with him on music before we signed him. Anyway, long story short, uh, Sam's best song, in my opinion, which we put out through the label, was a co-write between him and um, Maddie, who is the person with the Jeans Project. Um, And then I kind of was talking to her. We met a couple of times like five years ago when I was down in Melbourne and she wanted to do an artist thing under a different name, but she wasn't quite there with it. She didn't really know. And then we just kind of kept in touch over the years and she put music out as Jeans and I was obsessed with it. Um, And we kind of just had a bit of a kinship and we decided to start, you know, I decided to give her a hand and then I decided to we decided to sort of pat each other's backs and now we've got this beautiful working relationship together and she's a joy to work with. She's an extremely creative person, um, a gun songwriter and just a bop maker, a bop maker extraordinaire. Bop maker going along with Australia's own Carly Rae Jepsen. Exactly. Um, <laughs> excellent. That's so great because I, I, as a former artist manager myself, I'm always curious about how, these relationships evolve because I think everyone kind of have kind of has a different story about how they came to work with their artist or yeah. came to work with their manager. And I've been going through this with a good friend of mine who's been contemplating taking on a new artist recently and going through the pros and cons and all those sorts of things. So it's always a fascinating story. Um, it is. This song is a is a big old jam. That's what I wrote down. I just think it's so fun to listen to. And again, like we're doing a lot of pop music stuff today because you're here and because it's great. Um, But yeah, this definitely is a standout at the moment among a lot of stuff because it's the kind of thing that you put on and then it finishes and you're like, oh, maybe I'll just like put that back to the top. (laughs) (laughs) And I got to shout out the team that wrote it with a, um, she uh, started the bare bones of it with James Hamley, an amazing producer from Melbourne who um, just got a cut with Stan Walker, which was like at the top of New Music Friday. So he's a a really cool guy. And then um, we just needed like a little bit more glitter on it. We needed someone to get one of those glitter shakers and shake it all over. Um, And we couldn't think of anyone better than uh, Nina Jirachi. And so we got yes. Nina Jirachi to, to co-produce and Zoe Adore, who's another awesome artist from WA who's now living in Melbourne, um, Zoe Adore, co-wrote I it. Flipping love Zoe oh, so much. She is like, g- going to be a star, that woman. She's going to be a star. She's an incredible songwriter but also makes her own really good music. Like I, I, from what I understand of conversations with her, 
she really wants to be a writer for others. Yeah. But she released a song called Innocent. Yes. Earlier this year. Yes. Oh my god, I've listened to that song six thousand times. It's <laughs> unbelievable. She's so good, but yeah. so underrated as well. Like I feel like yeah, she gets a lot of streams. People find her online, but not many people are talking about her when they really should. Well, let's start talking about her. It needs to happen because she's too damn talented as a songwriter, as an artist, and and that's been a really fulfilling thing about moving into this artist management stuff the last eighteen months. The connecting of good people with one another. Um, I had I had nothing to do with Maddie and and Zoe meeting. They met on their own terms, but um, you know, getting to work with both of them and then you know hooking Maddie up with Nina and now they're you know talking about doing some more stuff in the future. And Nina went to my high school. I went to an academically selective high school where no one made music or made anything creative. And the fact that, yeah, it's just this kind of everything seems very full circle at the moment and, like, I'm connecting good energies with one another and that's a really fulfilling thing. And, yeah, Zoe Adore is a star, Jeans is a star, Nina Jirachi is a star, Hamley is a star. Well done to everyone who's ever made music. <laughs> Funny we mentioned Zoe Adore again because another ex-guest of the podcast. Was she? Um, I'm going to... Yeah, yeah. So she, from what I understand, is married, b- married, um, managed by <laughs> Mel Dine, who um, everyone in Mel Dine. Yeah, no, Mel Dine is a literal angel. Another ex guest of the podcast. <laughs> um, but Mel, yeah, Mel knows everyone in Melbourne music in particular. Mel has had a hand in a lot of music careers in Melbourne in particular. So shout out to Mel. I love to shout out to Mel. Anyway, let's listen to a little bit of Better by Jeans and we'll come back for one of my songs. But I'm better, so much better when you're never on my mind. I'm so much better, I'm so much better. I'm better, so much better. You won't ever see me cry. I'm so much better, I'm so much better. How's it for you? That was a little bit of Better by Jeans, uh, managed by none other than my guest today, Nick Kelly. Um, my next song, I'm trying to decide which one I want to talk about. Okay. Uh, let's talk about East. Um, Happily. So East is amazing. She's just released her debut album um, called I'm Doing It, and I've chosen the song Walking Home in the Rain, but um, I think a lot of what we're going to talk about for this song kind of goes for the whole album. Yeah. Um. Her songwriting, we've just talked a lot about songwriting and, and um, Zoe Adore and Jeans and people like that, but I think East's songwriting is a really underrated aspect of her music. She's an incredible songwriter. She somehow is able to make all of her songs feel so big um, and, like, anthemic almost. Yeah. And I love the way in this song she uses a lot of backing vocals, and, and this is something we've seen throughout her music backing vocals and things to make it feel really full without it just being a whole lot of production all the time. Mm. And she's definitely got such a unique sound, not just because of her voice, but because of the way she structures her songs, I think makes East very, it's kind of standalone in a lot of stuff happening right now. And she's just amazing. I couldn't say enough nice, good, excellent words about East. I listened to this album for the first time in full on uh, Sunday. I went for a, uh, I'm going to say run, but it was more of a 
fast walk. Um, Better than and nothing. Absolutely. And it honestly, it was great running music. I'm doing it. Um, the last song, which is obviously the title track, was a huge, um, you know, confidence booster for my running ability. So it was get through on this album. <laughs> but you're right, Walking Home in the Rain really kind of does sum up the whole whole record, I think. This is one of the best uh, breakup but find your friends that will get you through it and then make you a better person on the other side kind of albums I've heard in a very long time. And you're right about the songwriting. I hadn't spent enough time with East's because there hasn't been a full body of work like this before. I've been a fan of East for a long time. She's from um, my area, from the Central Coast initially. Um, so I've been across her for a long time. But And Life Goes On, probably one of my top 10 songs of the year, it came out. And that's when she kind of found Jim Elliott, this amazing um, producer who's worked with Ellie Golding and a whole bunch of other you know incredible pop types. And she has found her thing working with him. Yep. And you're, you're right. There's also a song... Um, uh, found somebody on this that just ripped me to absolute shreds. That feeling of knowing that your partner has moved on and met somebody new, and they're dancing together, and you're dancing alone. It was. It, it, I kind of consider it to be the dancing on my own, Robin of 2020. This song, it's absolutely mind-blowingly heartbreaking. If you've ever been through that experience, that's a big call as well. <laughs> it's, uh, look, maybe maybe it's the Australian 2020 Robin <laughs> dancing on the on my own, but I haven't heard a song that gives me the same emotion like that this year um, that yeah. the, the dancing on my own did. But yeah, back to the song you actually brought to the table instead of just um, getting getting away from no, no, it. I'm always happy to talk about a full album. <laughs> You're so right. Like Walking Home in the Rain really kind of does bring the album together. It kind of feels like the, the centerpiece and the one that, that sums up all the emotions that the other songs go through, whether they be, you know, a little bit, a little bit of hope, a little bit of sadness, a little bit of, you know, that heartbreak. Um, yeah, it really does kind of bring it all together. I think the really comforting part, and and again, this is a theme through a lot of East songwriting. But there's a there's a section of the song where she just talks about she's Mister bus or train it's raining so she has to walk home in the rain so she puts her headphones on and automatically feels better and it's like that is something that I think everyone can relate to like something shit happens but as long as you've got your headphones and you can listen to something that makes you feel better it's much easier to do that walk or it's much easier to do that drive on your own or something like that and I think there's so many threads in East Music this album in particular where it's just like the way she writes it's relatable everyone can find something from themselves in it and they feel like they're not alone in the situation. Like you're not the only one that's gone through that. It's okay. You'll, it'll, it'll um, kind of move on for you. That's such a good point. That is exactly how I felt listening to this entire album, but, but particularly that song, it, you felt not alone anymore. And I, I hope that, I hope that East felt through writing this project less alone in those feelings as well. And I hope that she's realising how much this record is connecting with people um, because, yeah, she's just summed it up so beautifully. Um, yeah, yeah. I, you're, you're making me – I'm going to go for a run after we do this. And, again, it will not be a run. It will be a, a mild mild walk. Um, but I'm going to put this album on from top to bottom again because I, I, want, those, I want those feelings again. I need to feel something. <laughs> Excellent. I'm so glad to do that for you. Um, <laughs> let's listen to a bit of Walking Home in the Rain and we'll be back. I feel a change. Come over me. 
that was a bit of Walking Home in the Rain by East from the incredible debut album, I'm Doing It. I highly recommend going and listening to the whole thing, just like Nick is about to do after we get off this. Also, just quickly, Jam, how the hell is it East's debut album? I feel like she's been in my life the entire time I've been an adult, which is eight years this year. Like, how? What is adult? Eighteen years old? I'd, yeah, roughly. Yeah. You're twenty six. Uh, uh, twenty five. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. I know I remember as well. 40 kilos ago as well. I, I always I always felt like I was just like really old in the music group of people, which is true given how old everyone else was. But knowing that you're 25 makes me feel old. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about me, Nick. I feel so it's so weird, you know. I feel I turned 25 only a month ago, but um Thank you very much. Where was your present? Um, I feel, I was saying this to my mum. Yeah, this is a great, this is a great gift. I was saying <laughs> to my mum, I feel the most my age that I've ever felt. I don't feel old. I, also, I don't feel young, but I also don't feel old. I know I'm more cognizant than ever of how young I am and how much time I have to get things wrong and, and fuck it up and learn at this age than I ever have. When I was tw- 21, I was like, I've screwed it career's done i've done everything i wanted to i've quit radio i've quit radio another three times since i turned 21 now so there's plenty of times to get it wrong plenty of opportunity to get it wrong and yeah it's it's really interesting yeah i it's it's also a good one to bring up because i literally quit my job in august last year to like have a go at a career that i wanted Mm. and then a pandemic happened so let's not talk about that but like i was 28 when i quit my job so wow. 28 yeah i was about to turn 29 so now i'm staring down the barrel of living alone and potentially turning 30 in isolation so that's not great 30 but... still so young though as well and that's the thing that's, i yeah i used to look at people a few years older than me and think that's so old but now i look at 30 year olds and i'm like holy shit like 30 so damn young you've got so much life left hopefully yeah. hopefully <laughs> Again, pandemic for whatever. <laughs> Let's stop talking about the pandemic. You have a final song for us to speak about. Yes, I'm so excited. The most <laughs> um unexpected, I suppose, song that I've heard from this artist so far and the most wonderfully um warm 
song from this artist. I'm talking about Coda Banks. Um, for those who don't know Coda Banks, uh, Sydney-based artist has written and released really sort of fast-paced, fun, sharp, interesting pop with a bit of a dance twist to it. A lot of the work produced by Swick over the journey, who's part of the Nina Las Vegas uh, Records uh, stable, um, which Coda is also also associated with. Um, she's just she's she's sassy i hate using the word sassy to describe women <laughs> first up but i think it probably does talk about her she's acid tongued at times she's so sharp and 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 fun with the way she talks about fuck boys and the the patriarchy and everything shit in the world and then we get to the end of this um ep she's put out four tracks nice and tight called sugar and the spice and the spice is definitely there there's a song called snip snip which is just a savagery for three and a half minutes um and then there's this song called yes at the very end of it which i wanted to bring um which is made with Xavier Dunn, who has been responsible for some incredible oh. pop music out of this country, including his very own work um, over the Xavier last Dunn while. So much. Yeah, gorgeous man. So not much. and not, also, uh, uh, what are they called? Fuck. Okay, Moon. Okay, Moon. Yes, with Lanx and Hayden Cowan and the other one. And the other one, <laughs> Dustin Tebbit. Dustin Tebbit. That's the man. <laughs> That's him. And the other one. The other one. <laughs> <laughs> that album is amazing as well. Sorry to distract from uh, what you're talking about. But I yes. must dive into it. Um, the thing with Zave is he can really, like, he can go from that kind of more folksy OK Moon stuff. His own stuff was quite intricate and, and light. And um, then he goes into this luscious pop electronic pop sound with with Kota and we were talking um you know we were talking about how the east album kind of evokes feelings of, of breakups that we've been through in the past this song i heard it on friday and it is the first time i'm 20 months post breakup now roughly i don't keep count anymore thank god um but about a year and a half ago i had a went through a pretty tumultuous breakup and this is the first time since that breakup that i have felt when i was listening to this song got to the first chorus and i felt you know what? I'm ready to open my heart again. And I know that sounds lame. And I know that sounds yeah. basic. But I just went, you know what? I'm ready to like go on a date and it not go well. I'm ready to like have a casual hookup again, which is not something I've been doing recently. I am ready to just be, you know, romantic again. And that's not something I've been doing for I've been shying away from it actively so as not to hurt myself the last little while. But this song reminded me that, you know, being obsessed with someone and being in love with someone is a really powerful thing and um, a really beautiful thing. And it's, I suppose, a, a very human, you know, emotion to have. So I thank Coda Banks for that. And I thank Coda Banks for this beautiful, luscious pop moment. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up how it's different from a lot of Coda Banks stuff because I, I did make a note of that it's quite different to other releases it's got this kind of soaring quality to it which is like the absolute opposite of everything we know Coda Banks to be it's always as you said very sharp it's like stunted and really like harsh beats but in a really great way and you mentioned Snip Snip which we featured a few episodes ago with Nussi as a guest Danielle Smorelli um and we talked about how she just goes for it. She's not afraid and it's great. But I love that this song shows so much um, flexibility, versatility in what Coda Banks can do. And she's not just that harsh sound all the time. She can do lots of different things and have it still fit 
with her brand as well, which I think is even more important. Yep, absolutely. And that's it. I think she's opened up the opportunity to be a more holistic artist that can touch on different kinds of, you know, bits about love. You know, it's not all about the it's not all about the folks that have have been shit to her. You know, she is capable of love and we are all capable of love over the journey and i think it's exciting it's broadened the audience she's she's going to be able to bring in and i think it it, it it's going to broaden the fan base and those folks that you know will feel a little bit more connected to her now um through her opening up this side of her so i'm yeah i'm really elated for her that she's pulled this together she pulled the whole thing together in um in isolation which is pretty damn yeah. impressive um and yeah i think this song in particular just wowed me at knocked me to my knees Gemma I'm glad as well that she f- like because she's released albums in the past I'm glad we're seeing musicians willing or artists willing to go back to an EP as something to experiment with because you can on an EP throw something like this in at the end trying different things before you take the next step so you're, it's almost like preparing your audience for what might be coming on the next album and I really like her willingness to take that step back to an EP, do it, and then launch into whatever is coming next as well. Yeah, I'm absolutely elated for her. And, you know, I, I feel like I know a lot about the person that Coda Banks is now. You know, she's had um, songs about her Italian heritage and she's talked about, you know, all the shitty men in the world. Are you are you Italian heritage as well? I'm very, very Italian. Oh, the Italian people. <laughs> My last name is Bastiani, so yeah. Okay, that's a very good point. I didn't really compute that, <laughs> did I? Um I am just like, I feel like I know her. I feel like I know her family. I feel like I know what her childhood was like and I feel like I know what her heartbreak's been like. And yeah. I think for a, for a relatively new artist, you know, she's definitely been doing it for a few years now and, and wowing people for, for a while, but I feel like she's one of the newer artists that I feel like I know the most yeah. the most personally as a fan. Um, and I, I know a lot of fans feel that way as well. So big ups to her. Yeah, and it's got a lot to do with her willingness to put it out there. So let's hear a bit of Yes by Coda Banks and we will come back to talk about my last song. Sad that you got me this mesmerized I'm bluer than the clearest southern sky And the hours turn to weeks So look at it fly That was a bit of Yes by Coda Banks. My last song for today is completely different to the rest of today's songs. Um, I've chosen, this is another song that I've chosen not just for this song, but to speak about a full album because the album is amazing as well. I've chosen Learning Alive by DMAs. DMAs have absolutely pulled me in with this this album. I was never, and uh, I can't remember who I had as a guest, but when I featured Silver, may have been with Lloyd Paris. I can't remember. Um, when I featured Silver, I was like, this all of a sudden, I like DMAs. And this is what, whereas previous to that, I it wasn't that I didn't like them. I just didn't actively look to listen to them. Whereas now, every time they release something, I'm like, okay, I need to listen to that immediately. I have no choice but to listen to this immediately. And this album, I'll say it again, is just 
beyond amazing. I said anthemic for East. This is anthemic. This is what oh, you want to yeah. sit on the hill at Falls as sun's going down watching them play. Like, it's a moment. It's an experience. And, again, I sound like a giant wanker, but you, you get what I mean. Like, it's not just music anymore. This is a big experience in the way yeah. these songs are written. I am. <laughs> no, I was out of breath when I heard... Life is a game of changing for the first time. Criminals has knocked me off my fucking feet. Um, that album is without a doubt the best pop album of the year from anyone. Um, it is mind-blowingly good. Every song is brilliant. Um, I, like you, didn't give two shits about DMAs before it. Love Delete. I thought Delete was a great feat of songwriting and I've always been open yeah. to the idea of liking DMAs, but... I generally don't find myself, as we were talking about earlier about Fontaine's DC, I don't find myself gravitating towards artists with a lot of guitars. I find it quite inaccessible. Um, as a pop music fan, I find it hard to hear, um, you know, the, the stories and the melodies. And, and that's that's just, you know, that's about growing up as well. I think I've, I've learned to, to love that stuff. And I've gone back on a bit of the old DMA stuff. Um, after after hearing the glow, but my God, Jem, they have just knocked it out of the park on this entire album. And I think um, them working with uh, Stuart Price, Stuart, Stuart Price that did this album, wasn't it? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah. So them working with Stuart Price, who has is pretty much the producer of their dreams because he did like Kylie Minogue's like all the lovers but also like New Order and the Pet Shop Boys and all but also the Killers and he's kind of sat in that anthemic space regardless of what instruments create it for a long time um and yeah. this album was their first venture into the pop music they've always wanted to make and they have knocked out of the park but I think with this song, this song feels like a nice middle ground for the record as well. You've got Criminals that's quite, you know, the big pop moment of the album and, and my favourite just naturally because that's what I gravitate towards. Um, and then you've got, you know, something like Silver, which is probably on the more rocky side. Um, but learning, yeah. learning Alive definitely sits in the very middle ground and really sums up this album for me. Yeah, and when Isolation started way back in March, wow, it's August, folks. I don't um, even call this a year anymore. I call it just a pandemic. Like, just, this is just the pandemic. The calendar, the Gregorian calendar is dead. It's just the pandemic <laughs> now. Pandemic times. Um, Yeah, right back at the start, I remember one of them. I don't even know their name. Normally, I'd know who the members of the band are. I don't even know that. How bad's that? Um, I, I know. I know them. Well, one of them, one of them did just an acoustic solo rendition of the Glow, I think, or Silver on their Facebook page. Mm. And I normally don't stop and watch that stuff. I normally am just like, oh yeah, that's a thing. I stopped and watched that, and then I watched it twice more, and then I shared it. So like, it was really, really good, and the vocals absolutely stand up as well, which was oh. not something I expected. Which sounds really awful, but. They're not like just looking at them as well, like the the branding of them and everything. You don't expect that to be as raw as it is in the yeah. end product. A hundred percent. The vocal and the beautiful melodies, and and going back to criminals, this is a song that really drives that point home. Because <laughs> again, I'm not talking about a song you want to talk about. I'm going to talk about a completely <laughs> different one. But I but that there's a couple of songs, and learning a life could probably be included in this. But you know, criminals starts out with this like it's just a little acoustic kind of on it's just like a light electric guitar and tommy's voice he did the whole um remember when they did like a version they did shares believe 
He did that yeah. whole thing with a piece of gum in his mouth. And That's nuts. Like sang the most beautiful melodies and just his, his tone is just, oh, it makes me want to cry. It's like it's beautiful, beautiful pop music. He is made to make this kind of music. And you're exactly right. You look at them and you go, you guys are just going to make like, like, you know, I, I think there's a band called Spike Fuck somewhere, and I'm like, if you Melbourne, told me there was a band Melbourne. called, if you told me there was a band called Spike Fuck, and I imagined the three members of Spike Fuck, it would be the members of DMAs. If I was to <laughs> visualize them, you know what I mean? Like, like they 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 have this like aesthetic of you know this. It, it's a bit of a Britpop aesthetic, you know, with the big kind of you know um, jackets and 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 caps and stuff. They're, yeah, they've got the lad look going on, but. They make this beautiful, you know, gorgeous pop sounds. All three of them are just incredible creators. Um, and I am a DMA stand for life now. <laughs> so am I, actually. I I am fully on board the train now. Um, yeah, 100%. And this song is called Learning Alive. Here's a little bit of it. But again, go and listen to the whole album because it's beautiful. Um, by DMAs. was a little bit of learning alive by dmas uh that means we've already covered six songs this has been so much fun um nick do you have anything you want to shout out plug let our listeners know that you do well you first of all um thanks for having me on because that was a really beautiful way to dive a bit deeper on some of these records that i've been loving because you know um I'll talk about them to friends or I'll tweet about it, but it's it's great to just sit here and, you know, spend a few minutes really diving in on why songs connect to us. And you've got, you brought three brilliant tracks to the table and tracks that, you know, were probably just a little bit further down my list anyway. Um, I suppose I should, suppose I should talk about things I do. I do two podcasts because everyone yes. needs more cis white men doing podcasts. Um, we do Project <laughs> U, which is my music blog's Pop Corner. So if you search for Pop Corner on all your your podcasting apps uh we run through brand new releases every week it's myself my friend grace guard and our other friend nathan um we're just pop music fans we're not journalists we're just having a you know a chat about the music we love what's going on in the charts and what's going on with the big pop stars as well um and then i do one called flop stars with sam murphy from the interns and we talk about the records and the albums and the artists that couldn't quite compete on the charts but found a huge place in our hearts Ding. Um, so that we just covered Taylor Swift's reputation and did a deep dive on that. If you want to check out Flop Stars, um, music blogs there. I'm nickkelly.mp3 on Instagram, but um, just search Nick Kelly. You'll find me if you really want to follow me. You probably don't, but um, it's Nick just with a scene. Okay. Thank you for that. I appreciate Everyone. it. Yeah, that's my plugging done. I'm not very good at talking Excellent. about myself. I will link all of that in the show notes below as well, in case you just want a direct link. Um, and also on Twitter, you're Nick W. Kelly, aren't you? Bingo. Bingo. Um, what about me? What am I plugging? What are you um, plugging? What's going on for you? We're in the midst of 20 days straight of men's footy, so I might die. Um, <laughs> also, what are they called? What do they call this period? It's um, footy mania, is it? Or footy palooza? Footy frenzy. Footy frenzy. It's, 
so lame. Um, <laughs> anyway, um, uh, yesterday, uh, every Tuesday, uh, I'm just going to talk about sport now. Sorry, everyone. That's all I do. Um, yesterday, uh, every Tuesday, well, made the same mistake twice. Every Tuesday, my women in sport platform called Siren releases a newsletter with a bunch of um, content about women's sport. Surprise. Yesterday, um, as part of our newsletter, myself and co-founder Kirby Fenwick, we wrote and look at wrote about a look the forty million dollars now given from the federal government to Foxtel to cover women's and niche sports, and just looking at where that money's gone and whether Foxtel is the right recipient of that. Mm. Cough, it's not cough. Um, <laughs> so. If you're interested in women's sports or interested just in in things like that, I would highly recommend checking that out. Kirby's done an incredible job. I am the stats person, so I just put all the stats in there and made the graphics, but Kirby wrote the bulk of it, and she's amazing. Um, and also I interviewed cricketer Molly Strano ahead of the WBBL uh, series coming back, hopefully, in October. You know, mm-hmm. there's every chance it won't happen now. Um but it's only it's mostly scheduled in New South Wales and Queensland, so we should be okay. Fingers um, crossed. Yeah, you're you're into um, football, as in soccer football, aren't you? Uh, into is a stretch, but yes, <laughs> yes. No, look, I I've been I've been toying with the with this conversation a lot recently because it, it, it's one of the stereotypes of queer men that we're not into sport. But one of my literal favorite things to do is go to a live football game. Like, I love watching the soccer. Um, unfortunately, I live on the Central Coast, the home of the Central Coast Mariners, the recipients of the Wooden Spoon four of the last five years, uh, including this year. The club is now up for sale after they uh, got their Wooden Spoon the other day. We don't know if the Mariners will exist next year, but I love it anyway. Great fun. <laughs> Maybe, yeah, got to get into the Big the Bash women, now. Absolutely. I've well, been to yeah. a couple of the, the men's Big Bash games, and I really enjoyed that. I like the format a lot. So I, I definitely want to... Yeah, I definitely want to get more into women's sport. I said to myself this year that I was going to get into the AFL as well, but I think just the the chaotic, the chaos of the exactly the way it started, and it just felt a bit like a messy year to get myself into a new sport because it probably wasn't going to be quite the same. And I know they changed like the lengths of the um, the quarters and stuff. So ne- maybe next year I'll become an AFL fan and definitely want to um, definitely want to make sure I'm watching the women's game um, just as much, if not more, than the men's as well. Well, I am absolutely here for any tips or uh, news or information you need about footy because that's literally my job now. Okay, close. Um, we're also in the throes of the AFLW trade and sign period where my club seems to be getting rid of absolutely every player I love, so that's going well for me. So uh, we'll see how it develops. Um, you may see me die on Twitter. So, uh Speaking of, my Twitter is GL Bastiani if you want to find me. Otherwise, we're at Australian Jams. Um, or if you just want to see stuff about music, that's the better place to follow. Otherwise, um, I just want to thank Nick for coming on. And, you know, we organized this yesterday. So happy to do a quick turnaround too, which is great for me. My bad um, because you did ask me when I could do it about a week and a half ago. And I looked at the message and then never got back because I'm really bad at Twitter DMs. But I luckily remembered I had a little brain explosion because I saw you tweet something that triggered me to go, I should check in on this. And then I realized I had never replied. Anyway, yes, <laughs> it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. <laughs> I don't worry. I think I do that. It's pandemic times. So no one is beholden to anything right now. Exactly. So 
There's no shame. Um, make sure you head to the show notes and check out Nick's podcasts and also the artists that we've featured. Please go and support them because, you know, it's tough to be an artist. It's tough to be anyone right now, but it's particularly tough to be an artist because it's really hard to make money when you're not touring. So please go and support them. Um, otherwise, this has been another episode of Australian Jams. Uh, please note that our intro and outro music is from Ateline. So make sure you go and check out Ateline. She's got some incredible music out at the moment. I'll be back in another fortnight with another episode and also some more international marmalade. Otherwise, uh, stay home, wash your hands. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.